Did the UN actually say that they were going to explicitly legalize um, adults porking kids? You know, I'm doing that for YouTube. Not actually, but they might have opened the door to it in a very, very serious way. Let's talk about that as we watch our culture stray further every day. Howdy. Jonathan Viala here for Further Every Day, and I'm joined by a pretty full house. Uh, we've got Miss Nikki in the chair of theology via Zoom. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Glad to have you on, even if it is remote. Wonders of technology. <laughs> and then we've got uh, having a brain fart. Starts with the J, ends with the J. Justin. <laughs> Justin. Because I'm tired because we, we, we have Miss Nikki on. Over, over over Zoom, and so setting it up, I forgot Justin's name. Justin. How's it going, Justin? <laughs> you didn't just call him brain fart, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm having a brain fart. He's not brain fart. He's Justin. And this is what we do to all of our guests. <laughs> How's it going, Justin? Sitting in the chair of philosophy. It was going good till I was insulted. No. Again. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. And then we got Mr. Steve. How's it going? Man, I'm doing fantastic, John Arthur. <laughs> It's been a long day. Yep, it has been, and uh, prepared to be politically incorrect and in the chair culture and, and culturally um, not right. Very good, very good. As always, <laughs> it is the expectation. So, uh, real quick, is the whole issue of the UN legalizing pedophilia is that a Republicans pounce thing or is that real? Well, I think it's really important to go to the source. Right. So, Mr. Producer, if you can go ahead and pull up the, the Firefox capture, uh, the Firefox capture, you're going to have to look at it down there. Right. Right. The producer guy is actually running his first show here. So uh, he's going right. to be setting that up. And uh, we're going to go ahead and actually attempt to read this and specifically the offending phraseology, if you will. You're actually going to find it in pages 21 and 22 of the document. And I'm going to see if I can pull this up. Consensual sex. Go ahead. Consensual sex, irrespective of the type of activity, the sex, gender orientation, gender identity, or gender expression of the person involved uh, or their marital status may not be criminalized in any circumstances. Consensual same sex. By the way, if you have kids in the room, you know, just saying. Let them out because we're talking about that today. Anyway, uh, as well as consensual sex, uh, different sex, uh, sexual relations or consensual sexual relations with or between trans, non-binary or other gender diverse people or outside of marriage with a premarital or extramarital whew, may therefore never be criminalized with respect to the enforcement of criminal law in any prescribed minimum age of consent to sex must be applied in a non-discriminatory manner. Enforcement may not be linked to the sex or gender participants or age of consent of or to marriage. Moreover, sexual conduct, here's the, here's the issue, involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual in fact, if not in law. In this context, the enforcement of criminal laws should reflect the rights and capacity of persons under 18 years of age to make decisions about engaging in consensual sexual conduct and their right to be heard in matters concerning them pursuant to their evolving capacities and progressive autonomy. Persons under 18 years of age should participate in decisions affecting them with due regard to their age, maturity, and best interests with specific attention to non-discriminatory guarantees. Okay. Uh, some of us in here have some legal background. Some of us have read a lot of contracts. We've done a lot of contracts. There's a lot of legalese in there. Just breaking it down, first blush, any thoughts? 
Hmm. Sounds to me that they're using legalese to explain away consensual sex with as long as a young person says, hey, I wanted to. It's okay to do this, then it's okay. That's kind of like a what six year old saying, I'm, I'm okay with trans it. or, you know, I'm okay with it. It's going to be fine. Okay. Hey, little kid, I'm going to give you five candy bars. Uh, you let's, know, let's do this. Let's, let's yeah. get it on with a five year old. Right. I, I mean, so some people are going to say that that's a, a mischaracterization, right? I, I, but, but in, in, in the UN actually came back and had something. But before we move on to that, I want to get Miss Nikki's thoughts. Well, here's the here's the issue. First off, why was the United Nations created to begin with? Was it to start poking around in creating laws for all the countries? Was it designed to prevent a world war? That's correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that what it was created for? They have too much time so, on their hands. Yes. And, and this is the problem is that. We've always had an age limit and considered minors under 18 because of the decision-making process that they had. It was a protection for minors because we have always deemed that they were young and unable to make a decision based on knowledge and experience. And those are the best decisions that you make is on knowledge and experience. So, you're opening the door to saying that a minor can make this decision. And that's where the danger comes in is because is a minor really capable and ready to make a decision that can't be changed. It can't, you can't go back. It has a lifelong effect to it. And so I actually want to move over to Justin, Justin, you've got some experience in this. What, what is a professional opinion on the on the nature of children being able to make and let's start with 14 year olds and then we can work our way back but what's your opinion on on the ability of children to be able to make those decisions so so most i will say most children are not capable of it now i say most because how you determine you know, is a child able to make this decision is their maturity level right my you know, little brother, way more mature than I ever. He matured way quicker than I, right? So he was able to do things at 16 that my mom would have never let me do. Um, and so it's based on the maturity of what they've gone through. Most people at 14 have not gone through enough, have not matured enough to make this decision, right? And so what we see is those who have made the decision have a lot of long-lasting effects, that they were not prepared for. And that in and of itself is the root of the issue. It's not, can you make an in the moment decision, but can you make that decision without those long lasting effects? And at the age of 14 or younger, even 16 or sometimes 18, depending on the person, right? They don't think about those long-term effects. That's why, you know, if you're 16, you have to file for medical emancipation if you want to make your own decisions there. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, why are we sitting here going, hey, they can make choices about their body when it comes to sex, but we're not going to let them make a choice on if, you know, 
they get vaccinated or if they, you know, do get or don't get the surgery, <clears throat> you know, their parents get to override them in that one, but not this. Right. So and you have to do I think the U.N. even calls out in there um, where it's based on, you know, taking into consideration their age, maturity and things like that. But you have to look at the kid and every kid is different. But when you get eight you know, to 16 to 14, the kids are different, but they still have not had the certain life experiences. And that's not going to change. And I've seen this working with kids who, you know, have gone through things. Mic up. Just a little bit. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, I've seen this with kids who have gone through things and those effects that they didn't expect and the regret that comes with it. And we see it in society. You know, we see all of these, you know, rape claims of, well, no, I didn't actually want it. I felt forced into saying yes. You know, I'm going to charge and they get dropped and come out as no, they 100% consented. They just regretted it later. And those are the kind of things that we're going to run into if we start letting the kids make the decisions. And I mean, something that's really serious, I think people don't realize we've already seen a precedent for this in the transgender issue. We see people coming out right now and saying, I did not, I was 16. You were supposed to protect me. You were supposed to counsel me and not tell me two appointments in that I had to chop off my, if you got kids in the room, three, two, one, chop off my breasts and cut off part of my arm, create a fake phallus that will never work and install it on me. You were supposed to protect me from people who would do this for money. And, and, and now I, I think these, some of these girls, because it is more so girls than guys that now go through the transition process since the, uh, since the whole societal contagion factor of the trans issue has come out. And that's something that we see happening across the board is they are coming for the kids, even if it's tacitly, even if they're just allowing a little bit more, they're allowing a little bit more. And I think that's why a lot of people have reacted, maybe overreacted. I don't think so though, to them saying, coming out with this, this March 8th, uh, so-called, uh, declaration that, now kids do not have to be under the age of consent. And it's, it's like we were talking on the, on the show uh, show chat. We were talking, is this 16 and 18? Is this 14 and 25? Is this 8 and 45? Wh where's the cutoff? So that's an interesting discussion. So I did a little research on the age of consent, right? Because my first thought was, what was the OG age of consent? Where did this come from? When did this start? Was the U.S. the first people to be like, hey, children can't have sex? Because, you know, that wasn't true. So the first age of consent was actually in 1275 in England. So age of consent and deciding that certain people aren't ready for sex and can't decide is not a new thing. This is not a modern thing. Back in 1275 in England, there was this rape law. Right. And it made it a misdemeanor with medium with age, but it made the age of consent 12 and younger. So since 1275 AD. You mean 12 and older, right? You said 12 right, and 12 younger. 12 and older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Sometimes you just start reading, right? Yeah. Um, so age of consent has been around for that long. And over time, it has gotten older and older. 
So then the question comes into play, well, why did it get older? Why is it not still 12? And what it comes down to, and I'll, you know, not bore you with all of the historical details, but basically it comes down to where the child's place in society was. Yeah. Because that age of consent was actually just for women. Yeah. And by the way, the thing that I, I, I I'm going to say something that's going to disgust some people. Okay. I don't have a problem with it being 12 or 14. What I have a problem with is them pushing it back before prepubescent teenagers. My great grandparents were married at 12 and 14, right? My great, great grandparents, they were married at that age. But then again, this was a different time. Children were in a different state. Things were different back then. And you did not have great, great, great grandpa would not have allowed a 35 year old man to marry the 12 year old great, great grandma. Does that make sense? Like there was a different cultural standard where you understood that you, you did not let your daughter be taken advantage of. 100%. And I keep cutting you off. You no, go. no, no, go ahead. No, go I would ahead, say, Josh. you know, that's completely right. And when you look at society throughout time, every time those ages got bumped up, you also saw the role of the child or in the very early days, the role of the female changed. They got married later. They had more jobs, right? When you see it jump to 16 and the modern day ones, they actually call out the reason it changed was because they were now functioning in society at that age point. Yep. Right. So it's when kind of this consensus is once they're ready to be in society, they can make that call. Back then, being in society was at age 12. You got married at age 12. So they're like, well, you're in society. Make the call. Yeah. Right. And so that's where I don't have a problem with it. If if it is something, you have to remember that the adults have to take part in this. The parents, there has to be a responsible parent in, involved in that. And so it's like, I, again, I don't have a problem with kids who are in puberty or past puberty. The problem is, is that every inch that we give them on this is a is an inch closer to two-year-olds. And I, and, I, and I know that sounds gross, but that's what they're doing. So that's why I'm all for fighting for 18, you know, and, and 21, whatever, whatever it takes to make sure we hold a line. Because you give them a single inch, you see they take a mile. You see the same thing in uh, HF 1655 in uh, uh, Minnesota, I believe it is, where you have them attempt that the Democrats, and again, it's not Republican or Democrat issue. Okay, what Republicans... What Republicans are advocating for the reduction of age or saying pedophilia should be added, excuse me, minor attracted persons should be added to the list of sexual devi deviants that, that are allowed in our society. In Minnesota, HF 1655 would remove the exception for pedophilic proclivities from the list of protect or and it would add it to the list of protected status sexualities we can talk about that later too Be, i mean that is nuts and then then the person who puts mm -hmm. it out there is a is a non-binary or 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 trans I, I i don't recollect and this person says non-binary if i'm not mistaken i've been so persecuted for this you know i wish i had a uh uh dry race board you know the uh screw around and find out chart i'd say screw with kids Find out. You are at this point on the board. You're all the way out there. You're about to find out, buddy. You mess around with people's kids. You're about to find out. And, and that's the thing that scares me because they're, they're, 
inching, it's, it's creeping away bit by bit. We're eroding what's left of, of society on that. You know, you have so many men out there that will not put up with that stuff. And what I mean by will not, they will take action. And I'm not talking about going to the cops. I'm talking about like going to the taking, taking action and, you know, forgetting about their liberties, forgetting about uh, their freedom. They're willing to sacrifice their freedom and go spend the rest of their life in prison for what somebody did to their child. There, there are men just like that and are willing to do it. No problem. You well, know, and, and you look at, uh, like, incident that happened in Haiti uh, so many years ago, uh, the problem that went on. UN shows up. How many problems did they have in Haiti that came up and the reports that were reported about the child abuse, sex, child sexual abuse that occurred in Haiti by UN people? It was well, just and, ridiculous. And, it was and while, while we're on that, I do want to go ahead and, and capture that, and then I want to get your thoughts, Justin. But just so that you guys can see this, link in the description below, this is from The Independent. We're looking at potentially 60,000, 60,000 potentially in a matter of one decade. That's what the estimate is from UN workers, people who were there to help, and by the way, they would wear UNICEF uniforms to protect or to pretend that they or get close enough to children. And you wonder why the UN is all of a sudden interested in saying that it could be consensual. So, yeah. And I was actually in my studies. Um, one thing that came up as I was kind of looking at, you know, the psychology behind a bunch of this was that one big thing they call out about sex abusers and pedophiles is the fact that they congregate together they are attracted to each other in friendships right and so mm -hmm. that's one of the things where you know you get one person who makes that step out in the field in haiti all of a sudden that draws the attention of some other person because they're some of the best profilers right they're going to be able to look and go you like what i like Right. Right. And yeah. they will draw others to then they, do it. They can recognize each other. And the interesting thing when I was doing some research on this is that the UN workers, okay, just the workers, the lower class workers, those can only be prosecuted by their own country, nation, their own country. Now, only. The officers of the U.N. can be prosecuted by the U.N. So that means the U.N. itself, by all of the people, the workers that come in from other countries to do work, U.N. can't do anything to these people, not anything. And it's a blanket. It's a blanket of protection. I, I, I want to get your thoughts to that. Miss Nikki, and then I want you to answer the question, uh, your thoughts on what we covered so far, and then I want you to lead into the story about the Minnesota man, about how this produces vigilantism, lack of law. Okay. Well, 
Um, hold on here. I'm sorry. So the thing is, this is what bothers me when you're talking about consensual. And I know we talked about the UN. I think because of their record, they're the worst people in the world that should be setting a, a precedent here and making any kind of laws. The big Amen. thing that concerns me here is I know that it says consensual between minors. But this is the open door that you're talking about. If a person above the age, you know, the age of accountability, let's say above 18, is engaging in sexual behavior with somebody as a minor, but they plead that the minor was consensual, it was consensual, I think that opens the door because the argument could be how can the person Per, the young person consent with somebody under the 18, but cannot consent with somebody over 18. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. So I will just throw out there to build on that real quick for you, Nikki. Um, I actually looked up what is consent, right? And according to the Cornell law school, right? Consent means the person voluntarily and willingly agrees in response to another person's proposition. The person who consents must possess sufficient mental capacity. Consent also requires the absence of corrosion, fraud, or error. And I mm -hmm. promise you, in these situations, one of those is not working right. Well, let me just add this. If you were to study uh, sexual abuse among children, how many children said no? because they're intimidated by the abuser. Mm -hmm. They're not going to say no, they're scared to death. Mm -hmm. It may be it may be a close relative. Sorry. I lost you. Sorry, that's that was my bad. I was talking to Mr. Producer here. Uh what does the abuser always have or I should say 80% of the time, 60 80% of the time is someone that they know, it's a family member, correct? Right. If 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 not more. 87%. Thank you. 87% of the time is someone that they know. Miss Nikki, there we go. You just flipped around on us. Um, that, well, my my son's trying to call me. I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. So that that suggests that this person is an uncle or an aunt or some sort of authority figure, right? That's most often what happens. Yeah. Yep. Well, because you have to have most of the time, kids instinctively want to say no. And we teach children, if it's a stranger, you know, that's my purse. I don't know you. Right. And you run. We teach them that with strangers. But once you get into, you know, people, you know, how many times as a kid do you see? Well, hug your grandma. Goodbye. I don't want to No, Go hug your grandma. Yeah. You know, it, mm -hmm. we start to force that and say, well, you know, them, this physical touch is OK, even if you don't want it. And that's scary. That is scary. So hold up on that. Hold up. There you go. Go ahead and click on that. There you go. Good. So sorry, we're doing a uh, uh, live uh, live training with Rai Rai here, and Miss Nikki had to just drop out just for a second. She'll be back in a little bit, guys. Don't worry. But we're going to keep going. I mean, one thing you think about when they talk about consensual, <clears throat> how easy would it be for a UN worker? that's in a country that's like, say, let's say a third world country that has people 
that hardly have access to a lot of food and water, this UN worker comes in, and like Justin says, a lot of these pedophiles will hang together. These folks, group of them are together. They go into a village. They got this, all this food and water. Hey, they see a group of them, kids. Well, it, Trade it, food and water for what? Is, how easy would it be for them to get this and make it consensual by giving them transactional? Something? It's right. transactional, not consensual. Is the problem right? Right. I mean, and that's, that's corrosion. And we've right got there. that one part in yeah. there that we talked about earlier that you that we read where there's that one transactional situation right. that is in there where, yeah, you know, and 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 so. I, I know we lost you for a second there. Glad to have you back, Ms. Nikki. Um, I, I wanted to kind of transition a little bit into your chair for a moment. When we start to rob people of justice, we start to see other things happen. And, and if you remember, we were talking about that one fellow in Minnesota. What kind of action do you elicit from the populace when there's no longer justice? Well, you know, I mean, you're going to anger a lot of people, especially a lot of parents who feel that they want to protect their children and um, take matters into their own hands like a vigilante. That that never is a good idea that that's not good for society. Well, it's it's actually scary, isn't it? And in fact, we actually have yeah. we, we have a very recent case study of this in uh, uh, Minnesota. There's actually a fellow who he bludgeoned to death a convicted pedophile who um, was stalking his little girl. I mean, think about that for a moment. And it's not that he was, it's not that he just went out and did this. This man called the police. He called the police and he got a restraining order against this guy. And this order was temporarily in place. And they actually tracked the guy and they said, hey, you can't do that. And then eventually they dropped the charges against the guy and police protection went away. And this man is literally in a van driving up to the daycare and saying, you know, and offering children candy. I mean, it's no more explicit than that. And so what does dad do? Dad goes to this man's house. He has a very frank conversation with this man. And somewhere between the conversation going south Dad grabs a shovel that's sitting there on the back porch. And before he's done, the guy's on the ground. And then he finishes it with a pair of moose antlers. Yeah. Scary. You know what? As a parent, as a parent. That's all I got to say. Please, please witness, Nikki. When you're a parent and you, he probably felt almost helpless. That that's what can happen. Because you, your, your whole life is about protecting your kids and you're going to do whatever you have to do to protect your kids. And he probably felt so threatened that something terrible was going to happen to his child. Absolutely. And And I, 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 I tell you right now, I don't know the whole circumstances, but, um, you might be hard pressed to, to find a lot of people that would, 
um, be angry with them. Well, in fact, I would actually say that uh, I, I said this off air. I want to buy the guy a drink. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, 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 I don't see this as the man's fault. He has agency. But at the end of the day, what did you leave him with? Well, yeah. And, you know, I had <clears throat> I had a buddy who did a prison ministry um, back in Seattle. And he and I was like, so how was it? Because I was in high school at the time. Uh, he was one of our high school leaders. And I was like, well, what was it like? And he said one of the hardest parts was the people who are in there that you look and go, you're guilty, but should you be in here? Yeah. He goes, one of the hardest ones was he met a guy and he goes, so what are you in here for? He goes, well, some guy raped my niece and so I killed him. Yeah. You know, and you sit there and you go, okay, but the guy had gotten off on it. You know, the guy got away with no charges, whatnot. So the uncle goes, okay, you're done. You know, and you sit there and you go, he's not a bad guy, but he protected his family. He's not out there murdering people for the sake of murdering people. And yeah. And that's the hardest part because, but technically they broke the law, but now we're legalizing this activity, this activity that is not okay. That by the way, fun fact, since 1965, we have determined is an actual mental issue. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and it's something that you need to help if you want to clap the cheeks of a child I, I, I don't know i don't know how to use, i don't know if it makes it better or worse than than spelling it out there's something wrong and you need help if if that's you today go find someone to talk to who can help you but and also it, it's true i well, mean it is from the diagnosis statistical manual of mental disorders that is what is used in specifically the usa it is referenced in other nations but um, I took the one for the USA. It since 1965 has been listed as a mental disorder, pedophilia, and that's you know the urges um, or behaviors with prepubescent child, 13 or younger, for a period of at least six months. Right. So, you know, but the issue we have is that's what we're trying. That's what this whole basis on is. Well, it's a mental thing, right? There are studies, and unfortunately, the studies show that. If you are attracted to this age, there might be a genetic portion to it. There's Maybe. definitely a you were raised this way. There's a mental disorder of that's when this certain part of your brain stopped developing, right? Which is not good and they need help. The yeah. argument though is being made, well, that's not their fault, so they shouldn't be held accountable for their actions. You know, well that that's great. That's the- but yeah. no, it's not great. <laughs> and, and, and and that's just the thing. I can make an argument that there was familial violence. I come from an Italian family with the name Fiala. You, you know, you, you guessed it, right? Czech Italian. I come from a family history where there were men who were abusive. I do not want you to give me an abuse pass. If 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 a man touches a woman in anger in marriage. Or touches a child in anger. And, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, being rough. I'm talking about, like, beating. That doesn't get excused, nor should it be. How much more so should something that is that does not heal? I'm sorry. You get beat by an ab- abusive parent, that will heal. There might be some mental scarring. That's possible. Some emotional scarring. That, that will happen. 
but you touch a child in this way, they will never function the way we do in this room. It is permanent. And and no, there is no there is no gene that says it. Just because I have a gene that maybe it's a gene, maybe it's just a culture, it's Italian culture. It doesn't matter. I better not do that to my wife or my kids. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna explain something here from personal experience. Okay, guys, <clears throat> y'all know what the Ren Fest is, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody knows. This has been, God, man, I can't tell you guys how many years ago. Um, my wife's youngest son, he's in his mid-30s now, at least, okay? Um, he was probably, at the time, maybe six, and we had all of our kids Okay, we've got seven kids between the two of us. <laughs> okay, five boys, two girls. We were all at the Renfest, and we were all walking around, having a good time and whatnot. And I turn around and I look, and here's my wife, and she is ripping this one guy up. And down. I'm like, what in the world is going on? And all the other kids, all the kids are standing around me like freaking out. And she comes walking over to me and I said, what is going on? She said, that guy right there. And he was dressed in some kind of like outfit middle-aged garb or something like i I don't know some weird looking stuff and uh, she said that guy just propositioned our youngest son i said what do you mean she said he sexually propositioned our son and wanted to know if he wanted to go off over here to this place and blah, 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 blah. I said, do what? I said, y'all just stand right here. Now, (laughs) I'm not going to say on air what transpired between he and I. Well, we talked about after this. Yeah, I want to hear that. But... It was not pleasant. I hope it involved a uh, Brillo okay. pad and a uh, electric drill. And <laughs> and you know, of course, there's you know all kinds of people around. And but it was not pleasant because I am and and this is a guy and 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 these are five of my stepchildren. I raised them just like my very own kids. To me. To me, they were my children. Yeah. As far as I was concerned, and man, I'm going to tell you, there is nothing like having an experience like that, knowing that somebody is doing that sort of thing, or even has any idea that they even want to do something like that with your child. You want to talk about set a man or a father off on fire. So that guy from Minnesota, I can completely 
understand where he's coming from. Now, if there wouldn't have been people around, there ain't no telling what would have happened. Yeah. Because I tell you what, I had fire in my eyes. My wife had to come over and pull me away because I it it was about to go yeah. bad. Yeah. I mean, and this all loops back to the main thing of why is the UN opening this door? Why is it bad that the UN is opening this door to potentially, you know, slip and slide into the bad place here is because we feel that anger for a reason. There's a reason we have that protective instinct over this topic and our kids when this happens, because we know it's bad for the children. We know that that's not the way we want our children raised. We know the lasting effects it's going to have on them and they need to be protected. The UN itself calls out in one of its uh, child protective something, something committees that all nations have the liability or the responsibility to protect their children from sexual abuse. Yeah, well, but define that. And that's and and, and that's where we're losing it is we're losing the definition of abuse. And where 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 do we draw the line if children can consent to mutilate their own genitals and their secondary sex characteristics? You know, how, how do we draw the line for for them to be able to consent to sex? Mr. You know, real men, biblically real men, and at the time I wasn't saved, okay, but real men have a natural proclivity to protect women and children. It's just natural, born-in instinct, and I was raised that way to be that way. Yeah. Naturally. I mean, I'm just that way. Period. That's just the way I am. And it doesn't matter if it's my children or somebody else's children, my wife Mm -hmm. or somebody else's wife or another woman. That's just my nature. And Miss Nikki, I want to get I want to get you to chime in. I want you to chime in on this. So he's speaking about the, the paternal role, right? The paternal instinct here. Uh, right now, you're, you're the only lady on this panel at the moment. I'd like to get your thoughts on that as well. Just from the perspective of motherhood and, frankly, just common decency, when, when we start to allow for that type of behavior, what is that going to do to our society? What, is that, what does it do to the, human, the value of the human being? Well, as, as a parent, as every parent, you want to raise your child in a safe environment. So they can have a successful adult life and you don't want them to have the burden of memories or of abuse that causes them mental anguish and maybe a very long-term suffering that goes with it. So, and you just have that natural instinct to protect and any way that you think another adult or someone to harm your kids just it's almost like an animal instinct of i've got to protect the child i got to protect the child i got to protect the child agreed nikki i mean i get that for people who aren't even my kids you know especially if if, if it's a if it's a young lady i i get that instinct and i've been in situations where it's like yeah no it's not even my kid (laughs) i'm gonna beat your butt Uh you know john arthur yesterday uh my daughter took her two-year-old to the doctor 
And there was a middle-aged woman in the doctor's office and she wanted to play with my grandson. Well, that's fine. But then she wanted to hug and then she wanted to touch and tickle him. And, and, you know, my daughter was sitting right there. It was, it was safe, but my daughter was so upset. She goes, mom, I don't want anybody touching my son. She said, we just live in such a dangerous world. I don't want them touching my kid. They want to talk. That's fine. But don't ask him to give you a hug. Don't, don't reach over and touch him. I just don't want that because you read too much about children being harmed or abducted. And I don't want my kids getting comfortable with strangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really sad that we live in that, in that predicament. I've been asked it to is. take care of people's kids and I'm going to tell you something. I've always been very uneasy about that because, you know, I'll, I'll record the whole thing. And I've had, you know, it, it's funny because my dad comes from a different time. And I told dad, I said, you know, I had this, this person's kid hopped up in my lap and they tried to cuddle up with me. And it's like, I feel bad, but I kind of actually put them off my lap. And it's like, mm-hmm. I feel bad because developmentally there's a coldness to that. But I really do not want someone walking in with their child on my lap and them assuming the absolute worst. Only the closest family friends, their kids do that because they because they know me very, very, very well. And only the closest, what will that ever happen? And it's after many times like, nope, pick them up, put them off, pick them up, put them off. Fine, fine. Right. But when it's when it's someone's kid, I don't know. I've always been so cautious of that because it's like, it's a scary world out there. And I get it when parents are, are worried about strangers touching their kids. I'm like, you know, give me five fist bump, you know, kids, you know, they're, you know, that's cool. You know, fist bump. Hey, that's cool. All right. You know, and you know, they're, you know, kids. Hey, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fist bump. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You almost you know, have that's, you know, parents, they'll be, you know, okay, that's cool. You know, that's all right. You know. Well, I mean, so here's the deal. I've um, I've been working in children's ministry since, you know, seventh grade. So, um, and as I got older and older, right, and I got, you know, higher up, director, teacher, coordinator, whatever it is, right, you start to look and go, okay, so here's this single Right. Unmarried. I'm now 32 year old guy who wants to work with children. Yeah. And it raises flags. And so I'm always making sure I am above reproach. Well, mm-hmm. well, it's it's also the fact that you say flags. I mean, that that raises flags. But uh, so I'm sorry. We're in Texas. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, I, I've had the same experience. Like I, I was asked to help out at, uh, at my home church. In, in, in Houston, Texas. And there came a point where I kind of stopped helping because I'm not married yet. And people kind of get, you get these weird looks. And it's like, I was literally asked to be here, but okay, I'll leave. Right. You, you do yeah. because, you know, you look and that's the pe- target where people, you know, most of the sex offenders we see are middle-aged men, mm-hmm. right? That's what gets on the news. Now, What's funny is in studies, there's actually no correlation between sexual abusers and the genders, right? There's slightly more males than female, but they also wonder if that's because females are just smarter and they don't get caught. But also the dude thinks it's a score. 
and 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 that's a real thing but the problem is is that you are actually setting that dude up in a very different way than you are the girl the girl's going to have emotional dependency problems for the rest of her life she's going to have this image that's wrong but so will the boy so will the boy now don't get me wrong i think the girl does get it significantly worse i'm not i'm not i'm not comparing them directly as equal but it there is i'm sorry the 24 year old Woman, a teacher, woman, female teacher that sleeps with a 14-year-old boy, that is a crime, and it should be. Uh, yes, I agree. 100%. Because there, there's a power dynamic there also that, that people, in the comment sections, you always read, good you know, good going, boy, good job. It's like, uh, no, 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 you, no. You, you just ruined that young man's understanding of what sexuality is. Yep. And you just changed how he's going to treat his wife and his children in the future. Yeah, because when you're pushed into it because of power, because of money, because when you get pushed into it, coerced into it, forced into it, or even manipulated into it, your first experiences are what solidify in you what this is. Yes. And when as a child, they are told... Oh, it's okay because I love... Well, this is how you show love is you hug grandma. This is how you show love you sit on uncle's lap. This is how you show love you let him t- you let me touch you, right? You know, that's then how they solidify this is how I show love. Yeah. When you do that with sex, that solidifies this is what sex is. Now, it's not what it's about in the Bible. The Bible lays out what sex and what marriage and what love is. And as a society, we're saying, nah, it's okay to change that a little as long as, you know, it's for the benefit of this person. And I love where you just went with that. You just really started to, to, to hook us a little bit closer towards the end zone here. And, and I, I don't know if you meant to go that route, but the biggest problem, what is the biggest problem theologically with this? I, I want to pose this to, to Miss Nikki. Theologically, how... Does the issue of consent, being able, being old enough, being of the age of responsibility to consent to sex, how does perverting that pervert the image of Christ in the church? Well, when you lose your innocence to something like uh, abuse, you lose your trust and you lose your faith in adults. And so... When you are normally abusers, abuse family members or people they know. So the child knows the person that's abusing them. It's probably a family member, a close friend to the family. And so that trust now is broken. And what you're asking is the child now to trust in Christ. Well, there's a crisis here because I have a crisis of belief because my innocence was taken from me in such a, a way um, that left me emotionally scarred. Make sense? Absolutely. And so I actually want to carry that one step further than you did because you did it very eloquently. Let's go one step further. The relationship of marriage is meant to demonstrate the salvation of Christ and the headship of Christ in between two people you have these two people coming together under God, and there's an authority structure. There's a beauty of God, the Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's our 
father in heaven, there's the man and there's the woman. When you pervert that image in any way, it is a direct attack on the human's understanding of their relationship to God. Getting uh, yeah. chills. Oh, it, so. it, it, and not being able to consent, not being able, not being old enough to know. How, how do you accept Christ if you are not old enough to know? How do you, how do you have this intimacy without being able to know if it's stolen from you? That is cosmically wrong. Faith in a lot of things that, that children, because they don't understand a certain age, you know. Exactly. Well, no, so I've, so I've seen it, right? I have led groups for kids who have gone through trauma, divorces, sexual harassment, sexual assault, right? And you see it. One of the lessons we used to teach is where do I fit in my family? Right. Because what happens is when you take that child out of a traditional child role, they now don't know how they fit in the family. Well, when you sexually abuse a child, they see you doing something to them that only mommy and daddy do. They now don't know how they fit when you're also that light unto the Lord. When people say, oh, God, the father. Now they look and go, so where do I fit with God? Does he touch me, too? Right. And it. I almost want to say it's a bit of a perverted way to think about it, but that's how the kids think about it. It's exactly how they think. And you have now pulled somebody out of God's family and told them you don't belong where God said you belonged. They don't know where they fit. It's the leading cause of kids running away from home. By the way, when you look at the psychology behind why kids run away from home is because they don't know where they fit in the family. And it's the same with God. When you pervert a child like that, they don't know where they fit with God, and so they run from him. And I would say it's the worst possible crime. I would say that, you know, obviously murder is is, is awful and terrible. And, and again, we're never we're never going to be well with the algorithm here. Rape is 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 evil and wrong, but rape against someone who is still developing is that there's something precious and special that is destroyed and i'm sorry that is what it is it ch- child an adult having a relationship with a prepubescent child there is nothing like it there is nothing like it you change how that child will view reality and god forever and that's why i do think it's the worst crime that's why you go into prisons and what's the one crime that the thugs, the worst of the worst in society say, no, 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 huh. no, you're not one of us. They will leave, you know, rats alone. You, you know, the saying snitches get stitches end up in ditches, right? You know, they will leave them alone if there is a child molester and they're going to go, Mm-mm, that's your target. Even mm-hmm. criminals are against this. And we want to, the UN wants to be like, well, I mean, it's okay sometimes. It's possible if they consent, which is impossible. You know, it's, Matt Walsh said it very well. He said it is in all ways, in all shapes, in all forms, impossible for a prepubescent child to consent because of the issue of conform. I wish you would say this: the issue of informed consent. The issue of com- of informed consent makes it impossible for a child to know what they are undertaking and what is being stolen from them. You want to get mad about the Indians and, and, and New York Island not knowing what they were losing? 
Whoops, you okay there? I lost my phone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I you, dropped you, my phone. You you want to be mad about 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 the Indians in, in in New York Island not knowing what they were giving away for beads? How about a how about an eight year old child not knowing how this is going to permanently change who they are, and they are being brought into a marriage because they don't like mom or dad, or because I'm going to give you better life, or because hey, you can eat ice cream on Sundays, you know, and on Fridays and on Tuesdays, and for breakfast. The more you make something more acceptable in society, the easier it is to make it legal. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're trying to Think go about with that. That's why they're trying to go to minor attracted persons. Exactly. I, whew, there's so much I want to talk about. We do not have enough time on this podcast. Well, start to shoot something down. Go. So there are studies on how young people should date, right? There are studies on, you know, large age gaps, you know, 10 year age gap. Are they successful? Are they not? Honestly, it depends on the people, not the age gap. But one thing they call that is society pressure on it makes those less likely to succeed because people go 10 year age gap, cradle robber. You know, and that makes it harder on the relationship. But there are absolutely zero studies done on relationships between someone under 18 and someone over 18, except for, you know, those that are like a year or two apart. Right. Um, There are no studies done on it because all of those studies are sexual abuse studies. There is not a single one to talk about how it was a successful relationship. It's always linked to sexual abuse, right? So I look at this, well, if they consent to it, right? So you're telling me a 17-year-old and a 30-year-old can consent together when in all of history we've always called that sexual abuse, right? That's when we start opening the door and compromising. We got to this point because of compromises. We're going to let people choose their identity. We're going to let people choose their gender. We're going to let people choose this because, you know, they were born this way. Well, now we're saying, well, you're born attracted to um, prepubescence. So therefore, we're going to let you choose to. It's all these little compromises have led up to this. And we need to stop compromising somewhere. The line needs to be drawn. And honestly, it was 50 years ago that line needed to be drawn. Or you allow it to to fester the worse it becomes and that's something that you've really got to start to realize we have to hold the line now it's like i said i again mary was probably 14 or 12 and joseph was probably 28 right okay there was a society in a time where women were you know and men were allowed to get married earlier what i have a problem with is not the age it's the fact that we're racing to two-year-olds and if you don't believe me that that's a problem, go to any sex worker conference where you actually meet people who are on the ground. They that is a real thing. Yeah. And yes. and and I was at one where they were describing uh, one case study where they had two children. One was six months and one was eight months old. The six month old did not make it. Mm-hmm. And and again, you com- you compare this. You com- and, and and the other one is permanently damaged. And again, I I know this is really 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 tough stuff to be talking about on YouTube. Sorry, I know we're not going to get a lot of views here. Uh, Rumble, counting on you. Here's the thing. You're dealing with something that is so evil, you allow it 
an inch, they are going to go all the way to that point. Well, and you look at the people who get convicted or the sexual assault on the 16-year-olds, the 17-year-olds. Most of the time, I don't have a number. I did read this on the study. It was on a primary source, so I didn't include it and I didn't keep it in my brain because I'm like primary sources. John Arthur taught me that. Primary sources are GTFO. Yes. Um, And so, but there was a number on the number of people who are sexual assault on the 18, 17 also had a large stash of child pornography from under 13. Right. So there's this line that even a lot of pedophiles won't cross. They go, I know this is morally wrong. I'm going to keep this part secret where I take it away with this part. That's nuts. I didn't realize that you had that high of a, of a, that much of the population that commits 13, 14 year old via infractions have small children, early childhood porn. Yeah. Now, it's not all of them. And people argue, well, certain, you know, pedophiles have a preferred age range and they do for actions. But they are always experimenting. Right. And learning. And it it's this whole thing. And it's really gross to read about it. Who it pains me to read about. Um, But just the psychology of some of these people that have done these. I mean, I think. My always example is Jared, the subway guy. Mm. Go ahead and remind us on that one. Uh, Jared, the subway guy. Do you remember who Jared, the subway guy? He was big. He was like 300 pounds. And he's like, now all I'm going to eat is subway. And he shrank. Right. right? Right. He was big. He started a foundation. He worked with members of this foundation to help children. He used that and was caught with a lot of child pictures. His age range there was about a 10 year age range of these photos. So yes, he had a preferred age range. It was a 10 year age range though. We're talking six to 16. And I'm sorry, while 16 might be acceptable by some people's metric for marriage, um, six, it takes only one time for a six year old for this person to be, I'm sorry, no better than a dog. I'm sorry. If you have a, if you have evidence, if you have genetic evidence, of 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 you know via the rape kit put them down the recidivism rate is insane oh, and, and and, and yeah. here's the thing do i hate pedophiles actually no what i'm saying is we really have bred a lot of sentiment and the ability for someone to tinker with the idea by letting them out in two years, five years, 18 months after they've destroyed a child, we let them back out. And one pedo gets to run through 20 kids in their lifetime. And, 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 and oh, way more. Yeah. 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 Way more. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. a standard pedophile or sexual assault when they're caught generally um, because they never keep count. Yeah. But they have. 30, 40, some have hundreds of victims before they are caught. And you wonder why the LGBT group and, and, and population is skyrocketing. You wonder why? And, and there are no studies for this. So this is a hunch, not proven, okay? But I wonder, 
because you, it, a pre-social contagion, pre-rapid onset gender dysphoria, as was defined by Berkeley before uh, that lady was kicked out for for even doing the study, where she said, hey, look, this looks like a social contagion, especially among girls when they have body image issues and everything's going out, going crazy. Pre that, in this last 20 teen aught something, 80 to 90 percent of everyone in the LGBT community was assaulted or molested pre 18. And, and that was the stat for a long time. I wonder what it is now because you have no way of knowing. Right. The longer you accept it, the easier it is to become legal. Think about that. Just think about that. And it gets worse. It gets worse every year. It gets worse every year. Now, I do want to I do want to clarify because here's the deal. There are urges of attractions that happen. We are not talking about the guy who walks down the street, sees, you know, you're in the mall, you see someone with the booty shorts and you go, "Ooh, oh, you're like 14." Right? We're not talking about that. Because you right. know it's wrong. You know, and if you're someone who's having urges, who is going, oh, I'm not sure I can stop these urges, go get help. Honestly, right. don't be afraid to go get help. You will go to a safe psychologist. Don't go to randomjoepsycho.com. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> but you will get the help. You can get treatment. The issue, one of the reasons that they cite as to why treatment is you know why a lot of these people aren't helped is because they won't speak up they're scared if they speak up they're going to be instantly barred from everything you know all of a sudden i spoke up i've been having thoughts about a 13 year old now i'm not allowed within 500 feet of a school you know that's the fear and that's the flip side of it and here's the thing you have you have a situation where people are literally labeled for the rest of their life as sex offenders for taking a piddle in a public park you know, they're up against a tree and some Karen flips out. And now this person is a pedophile for just having done that. So I, we've reduced the charge and we've increased or rather we've decreased also the, the evidence needed to put you on that label. So instead of doing that, could we just make it a death penalty offense Agreed. and have to, and, and have to have two or more witnesses or the individual witness with a rape kit verifying it. Like, like that's really simple. That's really simple. If you have DNA evidence that, that has been transferred through contact and you've got the, the person witnessing it, that's hard. I mean, that's really hard to fake guys. You, you, you're worried about, about wrongful death penalty. I'm with you. That's hard to fake. But then we come back to consent and this is the issue of what the UN is doing is they're saying if they consented now, all I have to prove is no, I had consent. Correct. No, they did consent at the time because they nodded. Yes, because they didn't say no. You know, I can come up with a thousand reasons why this counts as consent, even though they only gave consent because they were coarse, because they were forced, because they had felt they had no choice, which goes against what consent is. Correct. You know, and that's the thing is, I would love to say, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's make sure we have this and this. And once we have that, then we can file because I hate all these false charges. But at the same time, 
it's so easy for people to be scared into not speaking up about things because they think, well, I'm going to lose this consent thing. We need to stop that. And we're making it harder and harder the more we allow people to say, well, if you have consent, then it's okay. And, and the Me Too movement hasn't done anyone any favors. It, it, it's done just the opposite. It has delegitimized real problems in the world of real women and real children who've been taken. And what we've done is we've delegitimized, we, we, we've destigmatized the issue. We've made it down to hookup culture is just a normal thing. And after hookup culture, of course, then it's non-heteronormative activity. Then it's child activity then it's animals and by the way i'm just telling you this is historically it's animals then it's dead people and then it's cannibalism is ready to go you don't believe me go look at what happened to the uh uh sumerian mesopotamian uh, nations before they fell go look at greece go look at rome go look at what they were accepting and, and, and inviting in it wasn't christianity that destroyed rome sorry hobbs you're wrong it was the it was a softness Pretty sure it was a fire. <laughs> no, no. I mean, Nero did, did, you know, did set fire to it. But we're talking about the whole entire destruction of the Roman Empire. Hobbes said that it was the was, was effectively Christians. No, it was decadence. It was exactly. immorality. The same thing it, that happened to the Greek culture. In every day, exactly. Every day that I see America stray further from God's light every day, you know what I see? I see. God was right. There's a reason, you know, right. 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 And I were having this conversation in the way about, about the death penalty and, you know, so Christ and the woman caught in adultery. There's a few questions about that, right? Like, where's the guy? And a lot of theologians have, they said, Hmm, it almost sounds like the man was among those Pharisees who was married to that woman. And the reason he's bringing her out is to, and then what did Jesus say? He who did not cast the first, or, you know, he who's never sinned, cast the first stone. That could have been, I don't know, this is extra biblical, okay? This is extra biblical. This is my hypothesis. Wouldn't it be interesting if Christ, looking into each of those men's hearts, says, I know what you've done, and I know what you're trying to do with this woman. First one of you who hasn't done this, you can throw a stone. because you, and, and here's why I say that. Hebrew law, you could have the person put to death or you could put them away legally and say, you are no longer on the market and I am not touching you. So they weren't doing that. And it, ju it just makes me wonder. Well, the thing is, but, Christ knew what every one of them did. Correct. <laughs> I correct. A, I have a video to but, show you all after but this. Just to, but just to wrap that thought in. You were allowed to put an adulterer to death. Was that for adultery? I don't think so. I think it was for rampant sexuality, which the two are not necessarily the same. One is a sin. One is a lifestyle of sin. And I think God, when he said, you put someone such as this to death, you know what it leads to? It leads to pimps. It leads to prostitutes. You don't believe me there were pro weren't prostitutes in there? They took the form of, in the pimps, they were the priests of Asherah and they had local temples. Think about this for a moment. That's how sexual immorality was meted out. It was always with the religion. It was always with the spirit. Satan was always tugging at marriage. In that case, it had a very direct link to God. The, 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 the sacrament 
of marital intimacy was very much recognized back in that day as a act of worship. You and your you and your spouse that was worshiping God. You and the prostitute at Asherah's temple. That's a different type of worship. And so when God said put one such as this to death, I don't think he was talking about your garden variety adultery because he also gave that opportunity to put the person away as Joseph would with Mary if if the angel hadn't intervened. What about at Jericho, huh? Exactly. God offers the opportunity for restoration, but the the constant sexuality it destroys the civilization because it destroys the image of God in the church. And that's the scary thing. And and now it's come to kids. Miss mm-hmm. Nikki, you sound like you have thoughts. Well, I, I do. You know, um, the biblical definition of a marriage between one man and one woman, what people don't talk about, and it's because a lot of people don't ever get to this point, is the relationship that is built when one man commits to a woman and one woman commits to a man. Amen. And Charlie and I, on the 19th, will celebrate 39 years of marriage. Oh, oh congratulations. And there's a lot of people that never reach what Charlie and I have. Never. And never have the ability to say that I've only known one man or I've only known one woman. They're never going to know that. And that does play into having the relationship that God designed you to have. When we say the Bible says don't do this or Bible says don't do that, it's not to rob you of joy. It's to give you greater joy and greater happiness down the road. But we want the immediate, the immediate satisfaction. And that's why the sexual sins keep getting bigger and bigger and the desires keep getting more uh, perverted is because we've never fully understood what God wanted for a man and for a woman. Absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it better. So well put in. So putting, so well put, so well putting, so well putting, so well putting. So, would you like to add to that your final thoughts, Miss Nikki, from the chair of theology? Well, I would just say that I feel very, very blessed. Charlie and I were extremely young when we got married, eighteen and nineteen. None of my children got married at eighteen and nineteen. It was a, a rough road to to go when you're that young, but. What we did have is we had the commitment and we had the Lord to guide us. And I believe that Charlie and I have been able to um, experience a lot of the joy and the happiness and the fulfillment that God desired for a man and a woman to have. Now, I would like to say this. If you're out there and you have been abused, there is hope for you because we serve a God who is a healer. He's a hope giver. And yes, he can get you through all the, the ugliness that you might have suffered. He can do that for you. He's a God of healing. Amen and amen. Amen. Justin. Um, yeah, I mean, I just chair philosophy style here. You got to take a look and realize why is this an issue? Why do we need to protect the kids? Right. Mm -hmm. The effects it has 
long term on them. Even you know what? If you're not a Christian and listening to this, first off, I'm surprised you stuck through. Second off, you know, just look at the effects it has on them in society. Right. Look at what it does to those people in society, the depression it causes and all of that. And as a Christian, look at what it does to their relationship with God. Lots of times, you know, we are the demonstration of God, because when you are older, when you're an adult, that's how they see God, a person in power. That's their only reference for God. And when you abuse that and you pervert that, or you allow it to be perverted. You know, you're pulling people away from God, and that's not okay. So just take a minute. Look back at why we even made a podcast of this. And if you can't see a reason as to why this should even be a podcast, why this is a discussion, I mean, you're the problem. Read a Bible. Amen. Uh, coming from the chair of culture, I... Th- The one thing I see is that we need to get away from this sexually perverted culture and get back to a more biblically godly-oriented culture. And just, and it's, it's so important that we do that so that we understand it more and read and pray. Prayer is so important. You know, it took me so long to get there, but I'll tell you what, the thing that it just makes me so happy is that Jesus continued to knock on my door Amen. until I answered. And I am so happy about it. And the politicians, man, they need to jump off this bandwagon of this sexual perversion stuff and cut this out because they ought to understand that the co- that actually the populace doesn't want it and get away from taking this and taking this right here. Absolutely. So that leads well to the chair of politics. Just going to say something. I don't think a single one of the politicians, other than the extreme activists who are transitioning or non-binary, those aside, not a single Democrat actually believes that they want their eight-year-old or their 12-year-old to be in a relationship with a 45-year-old. You don't believe me? Just try it. You'll be in prison. Thank God. But here's why I bring that up. It's not hypocrisy. They don't believe what they are saying is true. They don't believe that it is just born this way. They don't believe love is love in that context. They're doing it because they think it gets them power. Remove that power, whether it's at the voting booth or whether it's at Starbucks and you're talking to people and someone says, well, they're just minor attracted persons. You know what? There comes a point where you are loving and you're kind. And then there comes a point where you say, thank God your parent didn't say that about you. You just let them know. You let them know. That's funny. Thank God you weren't taken when you were that age. Would you let your kid? You know what most people are going to say? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, it's if someone says that, it's time to let them know that's laughable. Don't be mean. Don't be cruel. But you need to tell them. It's not funny. It's not interesting. And it's not good. We're devaluing. Chair of economics here. You're devaluing the human life. 
you are devaluing by taking away the most precious part of this person's life and you're stealing the spring you're stealing the spring of their life and more importantly you're stealing the image of god that they deserve to be able to understand who god is and how god loves them that image will never be the same you can re you can reglue together a shattered crystal vase you can do it it will never look the same make sure that we protect these don't. kids innocence protect these kids innocence if you like this podcast like comment share subscribe all that good stuff thank you for joining us and uh hey We've got uh, 190,000 downloads on the podcast. Thank you all so much for that. We are grateful. Thank you. Uh, you popular. Rumble is slowly growing at like 70-something subscribers. Thank all you, guys. Right. Thank you. YouTube, it's videos like this that I'm sure, I'm sure this is why. <laughs> I'm we, not sure this one will be we, up for long on YouTube. <laughs> I'm sure this is why we get stuff deleted. You know, my, my old days from radio. They, they, they're deleting some of my old radio shows that I posted on YouTube. Are they? Uh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, we can't have frank conversations anymore about saying things. But anyway. Do you with, have the face for radio? I do have the face for radio. Too bad I don't have the voice. Let me show you. <laughs> if you like this, go ahead and tell someone. Share all that good stuff. Thank you. We love you. Bye-bye. All right. All right. If you're still here, if you're still here, this was a tough topic. He tricks me. I know. I know. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Trickster. I'm sorry that I've abused your innocence. I'm sorry that I've taken away. Okay. No. Okay. Favorite. We're, we're doing something different today because this is a tough topic. Favorite color and why? Miss Nikki, favorite color and why? Blue is my favorite color. And I think blue is very comforting. Because it's comforting? Mm-hmm. Okay. Justin, oh, mine is way deeper than that. I feel, I feel like I'm overthinking it. Uh, mine is purple. Um, first off, it is pleasing to my eye. I like a dark, rich purple. It's pleasing to my eye. And also, back in biblical days, it meant royalty. Ooh. My middle name is David. Oh, which, I thought she was going to say it was royal. Or something yeah, like no, that would have been great, though. I'm going to change my middle name, y'all. Um, <laughs> so, David, I which, purple. you know, king. Oh um, and so I've always connected with royalty and purple is the color of royals. And so that's why purple is my favorite color. Right. I actually have a purple shirt on under here. There you go, Steve. I like green. It's always been my favorite color for as long as I can ever remember since I've been a little kid. And uh, I've always been an outdoors person. Mm-hmm. I like being in the outdoors. Always have. And I just spent so much time outdoors and that's probably attributes to one of the problems that caused my first marriage to fail along with a number of other things but (laughs) he loves the green that darn green kills marriages I've, i've used to have regular clothes that were camouflage i mean <laughs> i just wore them every day <laughs> i just liked it so the answer to the question for me is a lot like the answer to the question how does joe biden make it through a press conference depends but but if we're talking <laughs> i'm sorry Make if sure. we're talking that's about humor <laughs> it is um it's always a winner uh except at dinner Anyway, uh, 
I, I do like green uh, to wear. Okay. But cyan. Cyan is my favorite color. Oh, we said colors. So, Stop making fun. Cyan. 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 <laughs> C-Y-A-N. Okay. Or baby blue. Slowly the man oh, over here with his Crayola so, box. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me with my Crayola pack. box. So the reason like why. Gas or something. The reason why I think it is a, it is a, it's a soothing color. Like Basniki said that, that, that actually is, I wasn't going to say that, but that's true. Uh, it's also the color of the sky guys. I grew up where I grew up. It was the country. And a lot of my days were spent kicking cow turds underneath that cyan Texas sky with white clouds. Oh, Not gonna lie, I thought them. thought cyan was red. Not gonna lie to you. No, no, it's, it's so it, it's like aqua. It's, it, it's like color. aqua, but it's a little bit less green. Bad memory. It's less green than aqua. I'm gonna Google it and then change my monitor settings so I can never really know what the color is. There you go. That makes sense. With that said, tell us in the comment section down below what your favorite color is, because this was a hard one to talk about. Thank you so much. We love y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.